Welcome. So, Shivega Talks, can you feed your dog a vegan diet? Hi, I'm Ruby Sandu, an ethical vegan and passionate um, uh, vegan um, with a flourishing vegan dog. I work closely with Dr. Melina Fielder at shivega.com. Um, Dr. Melina Fielder is a senior vet, um, a, a colleague and a dear friend. Um, and this podcast is an opportunity to really understand, go into the mechanics of whether um, your pet can flourish and thrive on a vegan diet. So we at Vega are a leading brand globally on premium supplements for vegan dogs and puppies. We're on a mission as senior experts on vet nutrition, ethics, law and sustainability to empower and educate all pet owners to transition to a healthy, active and long life on a plant-based vegan diet. We use only leading pioneering science and facts to support uh, Shavega's work. Professor Andrew Knight is a leading light and is conducting groundbreaking research on vegan cats and dogs. And if there are corporate funders, please do reach out to him to support his great work. The link to his work is provided at www.petfoodinnovation.info. We will provide this link at the bottom of the podcast. So we were inspired uh, to do this podcast after Ariel Griffiths, a vet who is also promoting veganism and directs pet parents who want advice on feeding puppies vegan food and specific diets to Shavega requested we respond to this podcast. So thank you, Ariel. The podcast that Ariel refers to was aired by Anna Webb, a dog enthusiast, and in discussions with the FT vegan Henry Mounts, who's a chief features editor. So Anna did a podcast called Why Feeding Vegan to Your Dog is Unethical. It was aired on August the 7th, 2020. So Anna, really grateful for your podcast because it was fantastic food for thought and an opportunity for us to respond to many of the things that you said. And as Henry Mann said, it's a conversation. So it's not about being right. It's about sharing um, our ideas and our expertise. So we really hope to hear from you, Anna and Henry, after you've listened to this podcast. So we thought it important to respond to Anna and support vegan uh, Henry's pets transition to a vegan plant-based food. Yes, it is possible, Henry. So please do listen and find out more. So this is an opportunity to share our work at Shavega. After all, education is key. People watch movies like Cowspiracy and Seaspiracy. And thanks to those change agents who connect the dots for us, we're able to see how we're interconnected and interdependent in this system. And that our education system falls deeply short of providing the necessary education for us to really connect and function as human beings. After all, as Henry was interviewing, uh, was being interviewed, he mentioned, we're seeing this from a anthropocentric lens. That means a human lens. And when we look at how puny we are in the universe, it does seem really childish, the small stories we continue to hold close to us without really questioning. I believe in faith, but your own lived experience and learning from the wisdom of the past is important. And that's why as a yogi, Sometimes when things don't resonate, I can't accept them as part of my experience. So at 11, I stopped eating meat. Simple, I had a pet rabbit, Fluffy, and as a modern Indian family, I was fed rabbit pie and the juxtaposition was too much. Later at a woman's conference while sipping my tea during the break, after having spoken about the ethics of eating flesh in the 21st century and animal sentience, 
I was informed that the dairy industry was far more cruel. That was it. I put the cup down and never, ever drank milk or ate cheese again. I ate fish, but when I was presented with an academic article on the sentience of fish, well, that was it. I'm always willing to change when presented with new information. It's not easy. And it's not about judgment. Everyone's on their own journey. Isn't that what humans are about? So why are we afraid of really changing? Well, it could be the trite argument of being tribal and social animals and not wanting to be rejected. Well, that was fine when we were Neanderthals, but today, why not? Why do we have to follow the herd mentality? Um, and then, of course, there are the issues when people do speak up. We only have to look at Julian Assange. Okay, enough said. Henry Muntz was interviewed by Anna and he spoke about the interconnectedness of love, us as animals and our relationship with animals and the planet and sustainability, a good inquiry. However, the purpose of this podcast is to debunk many of the myths that surround whether our pets, specifically dogs, can be vegan. So let's start with Dr. Melina Fielder. She's a senior veterinarian, an animal nutritionist and a dear friend and colleague. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Hello, Ruby. Wonderful. Melina, when we listen to Anna's podcast, and for the sake of the audience, I'll repeat what she said. I cannot bear the thought of the unethical treatment of animals, and I'm not a fan of industrial farming. I chose to be vegetarian, but I wouldn't impose my diet choices onto my dogs, as I understand that we're a different species. Is it fair to impose vegan or vegetarian diets on dogs? if this isn't species appropriate. Melina, this is why we set up Shavega to empower and educate 21st century owners. So please, as a senior vet surgeon and nutritionist, uh, please respond to that. Yeah, uh, that is a good question because lots of people are uh, feeling uh, sort of like guilty for uh, uh, thinking that they um, they're imposing something that's not natural and uh, not normal for dogs. But as we discussed, Ruby, you know, the, there is a difference between the nutrients, nutritional value of the food, and ingredients. So, some ingredients that are considered uh, natural, normal for for some species. Um, they can be substituted, but it's important that, that they get all uh, nutrients with different ingredients. So these nutritional requirements for dogs are scientifically researched and they're regulated by the National Research Council. So there is a body that uh, brought the, 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 the certain you know, levels, amounts of these nutrients, uh, for this specific species, for dogs. And the food that is appropriate for one species must not cause any harm and must provide enjoyable taste and provide all healthy nutrients required for the benefits of that species. And such food is considered a biologically and species appropriate food. So that is important. Vegan and vegetarian dog food is species inappropriate only when it is not supplemented. Oh, Melina, a really good point. So I'm just going to repeat this. This is where a senior vet is actually saying vegan and vegetarian dog food is species inappropriate 
And now, Melina, you're going to explain for the sake of the audience what that yeah. term means. It means that um, uh, majority of people is seeing a vegetarian or vegan dog uh, food as uh, uh, like a, a plate full of carrots and zucchini and you know potatoes and um, that's that shouldn't be there that, that is totally I agree with anyone who say this is not appropriate these dogs don't like it they don't have uh, nutrients inside firstly uh, food has to be made tasty attractive for dogs enjoyable that's number one and then it has to have all nutrients that, uh, you know, that are uh, by the research, scientific research, uh, you know, that decided or, um, uh, you know, uh, brought in by the National Research Council and other bodies, uh, and we have to follow that. So, um, it's really important to, to supplement because without supplements, uh, the, the plant food is not appropriate. And that's true. So uh, for Anna, I would say, yes, um, you are partly uh, right, but if you, uh, if, if you have a professional uh, veterinary nutritionist who will uh, make the, the special diet plans, including supplements, then, um, uh, then your uh, statement is not correct. I, I, this I, food, yeah, this food is appropriate. This is totally yeah. appropriate, totally healthy, tasty, complete, balanced. And if dog like, you know, the nicely prepared food, uh, the plant-based food. So there is no one like a, a point to be against this type of food excellent if it's properly made by okay. professional and i would also want to uh, tell ruby that um, that people have to bear in mind that any dog these days any dog food has to be supplemented it's and you, not either complete, not balanced. And that's a really, really important point. So, uh, I mean, in summary, what you're saying is that, the, you know, the TikTok uh, and the Instagram and the social media images that we see of these sort of peas and potatoes, it's mm. species inappropriate food. And that so you need true. to, and, and, and as a senior vet surgeon, you're very passionate about ensuring that animals have what we call irresistibly tasty food that they love and enjoy. And also, as you say, have the nutrients. Here's another thing that Anna mentioned. She said, and forgive me, Anna, this is in no way, um, you know, um, this is a wonderful conversation, as Henry was saying, a real opportunity to respond to uh, that, because obviously, um, you know, you're a fantastic dog enthusiast, et cetera. But you mentioned um, as an, om uh, you know, dogs, um, she, you, you mentioned that you're, you as an omnivore, um, but dogs are classified as a primary carnivore. Um, and, you know, you then went on to say that a cat's an obligate carnivore and a rabbit is a herbivore. Melina, this is a fallacy which needs to be corrected. Please explain. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like I, I did lots of research and then, you know, Ruby, you did with me as well. Um, and uh, we read about uh, the classification of dogs. And you remember the in the newest researches um, and their scientific research, dogs are considered omnivores and... Um, two things is important. First, 
the based on the dental formula, so the teeth, they have molars that are at the back that have flat surfaces and dog uses them for grinding and chewing food. And when we compare those molars with the cat molars, they're much more flat and cat molars are sharp and pointy. Uh, another thing is uh, that dogs have, um, okay, yes, dogs have shorter ratio of the, the digestive tract to body size compared to human, compared to rabbit. Like rabbit is uh, 10 to one, dog is six to one, and cat has even shorter, which is four to one. So um, this statement, so, so dog would be between the, uh, the, the plant eater rabbit and the cat. And that is another uh, statement that's actually supporting uh, the omnivore uh, theory, the dog's omnivore. Uh, another, like even, even better, you know, like fact is that during the 15,000 year or 20,000 years history of, of dog adaptation to human diet in the past, uh, they were uh, uh, exposed and they ate, uh, they followed the humans, they ate their uh, leftovers, you know, uh, many humans, they wouldn't throw meat because meat was expensive before and rare as a food. Uh, so they would uh, develop, uh, they also developed digestive enzymes for carbohydrates because they were fed more plants than the meat during all these thousands of years of history of adaptation. So they have 28 times higher uh, levels of those digestive enzymes for carbohydrates compared to wolves. Based on this, dogs are omnivores, so those three things. And... Um, I would also uh, mention the uh, scientific research presented by Dr. Andrew Knight that we um, saw, Ruby, mm -hmm. uh, where dogs are fed complete and balanced vegan for food for, do for dogs um, with all required nutrients like amino acid, essential fatty acid, and etc. vitamins, minerals. Uh, um, their results were that dogs thrive on such food and whatsoever it's recorded uh, health benefits when they're on plain diets compared to when they're on meat diets. So, um, yeah. You're absolutely right. And the extraordinary thing here is, Melina, we've got Dr. Andrew, uh, uh, Professor Andrew Knight, um, uh, you know, doing all the research and confirming that, yes, uh, you know, dogs yeah. can thrive and flourish. And then you have yours in terms as a senior vet nutritionist saying, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm breaking this down in terms of the specific nutrients. Yes, the physiology supports this sort of diet. And then, of course, me practically looking at, yes. you know, I've got a 14 year old healthy vegan uh, flourishing uh, dog and also uh, later, we'll talk about my angle, which is the sustainability and the ethics. Now, um, Melina, another question that Anna mentioned with regards to um, her research and her study was with the College of Integrated uh, Veterinary Therapies, uh, where she said that it clarified that dogs are biologically and physiologically designed to eat meat. Let's debunk this. Yeah, okay. So that is firstly, like uh, uh, dogs are designed, okay. Uh, I don't, it's a bit hard, you know, to, to understand like uh, uh, this specific, you know, like word design, because um, 
uh, when you see in, in, in reality, you know, uh, there are cows that are also, we will say they are not designed to eat blood and meat in, in those, uh, you know, concentrate that they are fed, but they are fed with such diets and no one complains about that. You know, wow. no, one, no one is saying, look, cows are herbivores how they can eat meat and blood you know no one so, knows about that can you believe that no one knows about that yeah yeah you're absolutely right and so melina you're going to say talking about sort of uh, the nutritional values of pure meat and bone diets yeah 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 so um yeah i can say that because dogs as i said in history during history they ate mainly vegetarian diet um, and they they thrive and they fed complete and balanced, as I say, supplemented, plain diets. And this is even scientifically proven. Like in some, like with my clients, I know that um, whoever goes, like especially older dogs with some issues, they they they, they become more energetic. But we can talk about that another time, you know. But nutritional values, let's say now about these, um, uh, the food that dogs are like designed, uh, like that would be by, you know, opinion of many people and vets, that that would be meat and bone food. Um, but um, in, in, in such diet, you know, that where there is a, we have like a now really popular raw diet that gives like so much meat and, uh, and bone and a uh, bit of offal and then a bit of veggies. But um, firstly, they are harmful because they have excess of nutrients. Uh, uh, deficiency, they have deficiency of some nutrients uh, and excess of other nutrients that can be really harmful for, for body. And and, you know, um, exactly that, Melina, because, uh, you know, what I've been learning, and certainly with Bono, so, you know, Bono was vegan, and many owners kept telling me, gosh, it's cruel, he'd suffer without meat, Um, my vet vet didn't know what to do. Um, And, you know, as a matter of fact, he's flourished, he looks extraordinary, um, you know, at 14. Um, And of course, he was, uh, you know, as Henry Muntz was saying that, you know, your pets uh, give you a connectedness to the natural world. And Bono was my connectedness that if I loved him, how could I feed him a cow which was even more intelligent and sentient than he was? So, uh, you know, that point about sort of uh, uh, nutrients are missing in raw diets, um, expand on that a little. Okay. All right. Yeah, that that is really like a a bit bigger topic, but I'll just uh, shortly, I'll explain. Um, it is, uh, th- there are like uh, missing nutrients and there are, there, there are nutrients that are in excess. So I would rather go uh, and explain the nutrients that are in excess, like phosphorus, methionine. Uh, that would be harmful for body because the high phosphorus will damage the kidneys. Got it. Met- yeah. Methionine is a proven cancerogen. So you feed your, if you feed your dog with a raw diet, Mm -hmm. uh, it's exposed to uh, scientifically proven with humans and with any, you know, mammal, any dog, dog, cat, uh, that it's cancerogen. So, you know, I think that's enough to say 
um, about, yeah. you know, like uh, how uh, harmful it is. Oh, got it. And Melina, here's another thing. I mean, just for the audience again, um, nutrients are, for example, amino acids in protein, minerals, vitamins, essential fatty acids, and to differentiate from the word ingredients. Um, something I used to get confused, like, you know, the sources of nutrients are from plants, animal products, etc. whereas ingredients are the sources yeah. of nutrients, for example, exactly. a source of protein and carbohydrates. So, Melina, yeah. another question. Anna said that some classify dogs as omnivores just because a dog will eat anything as a natural-born scavenger. This doesn't mean they're an omnivore. I know we're a little bit repetitive, but I think, again, for the purpose of the audience, because it's such an entrenched um, uh, you know, perspective that people have. Um, I suppose what Anna and many people assume is that dogs are only carnivores. Just please, for the audience, uh, you know, explain that yeah. again yeah yeah as i said in the, in the beginning uh ruby um you know when i was mentioning that um about nutrient requirements uh they are presented uh, in fco and vdf regulations and th this is what we as veterinary nutritionists follow so we have to ensure the dogs get all required nutrients this regarding of the type of the diet, uh, how do you name it? Uh, we have to calculate the nutritional requirements, so nutrients in the diet. So we have to forget our uh, subjective opinions uh, and we should accept the scientific regulations. Mm -hmm. So nutritional value of the food has to be based on scientific regulations. We can say dogs are omnivores, carnivores, we can give them any other name or cl clarifications. It doesn't matter. Their diet must contain all required nutrients provided, what you said, in ingredients or so sources of nutrients. Mm -hmm. And it has to be tasty and healthy for dogs. Yeah. So. I, very good point. So what you're saying is, please, um, you know, irrelevant of the terminology, um, you know, you're focusing on science and that, you know, even the, uh, you know, pet regulated industries, um, they're talking about specific scientific nutrients. So in a plant-based diet, when you're advising as a senior vet surgeon and nutritionist, you're ensuring that according to those regulations and more because of your experience, you're ensuring that these, uh, you know, plant-based pets do in, uh, in, get those uh, nutrients. Now, you know, Melina, what I find fascinating is the limited way um, our sort of human lens views on animals are, you know, um, Henry was talking about this and in a way it's also to uh, respond um, to him. And, and, you know, sometimes it's not dissimilar to the colonial view of the world we had or slavery, um, you know, and, and in the East, you know, eating meat was very much uh, survival or uh, relegated to bad interpretations of holy texts. And what I'm seeing now is another interpretation of these texts, because of course, religion plays quite a strong part um, in our cultural and social habits. And now I know that the Pope released a canon uh, where he said animals have souls. I think what mm -hmm. frustrates me is we have to wait for someone else to tell us uh, what to do. And as Henry was saying is that, you know, his connection with his pet and his, you know, um, experience of going to the zoos as a child, and now he has children. So he has a responsibility of thinking, you know, what am I leaving for the future? Um, I love that perspective. And, and we watched this uh, video, Melina, where uh, we looked at, you know, Carl Sagan, his view of the world. When you see the world through, you know, you look at the galaxy, the solar system, the Milky Way, et cetera, and you just notice the little planet, the pale blue dot, as he says, just puny. And so, you know, there's a, there's, 
there's a, there's a fallacy in our education system. And there's a lovely meme that's floating around in social media where it shows a chap um, you know, at a table in the jungle, so sitting in the jungle, but you know, the, the, the table, and across him are various creatures. So you've got in the jungle an elephant, a bird, a fish, or a monkey, and he's saying that you're intelligent if you can climb up the tree, which is daft because a, you know, a fish mm. or a, an elephant's not going to be able to do. It. And that's our education system, where uh, we're, we're we're running off an old software, an old model, and it's outdated. And so Henry made a comparison of our toxicity in cutting forests to graze cows. And, you know, slightly tongue in cheek, he said, you know, the area was better managed by drug laws, even though, you know, the, the, the byproducts of these drugs, they were doing less damage than we're doing as sort of, uh, you know, meat eaters. And what he was stressing, and, you know, my focus on as a senior lawyer in sustainability is that these habits and this education system, et cetera, is, is, is so out of date that, you know, I agree with him. We absolutely need to advocate on quitting meat, but where you and I go further is that we're mm -hmm. saying, not only do you quit meat, and where this is where Anna, you know, differs from what we're saying, is that you need to easily, you can get, um, you know, your animals, um, you know, to flourish on vegan plant-based diets. Um, so Anna mentioned something about just, um, you know, despite domesticating our pooches for thousands of years, their teeth and the short length of their uh, digestive tract and uh, bowels have not changed. So I guess what Anna's saying is that perhaps like humans, we lost our tail and our appendix has shrunk. Um, you know, it's not happened with animals. <laughs> so I'd love your perspective for the audience. Okay. Yeah, that is true because uh, both uh, Ruby and me, um, we uh, agree like there is no point of human leaving meat if uh, our pets that are our family yeah. so they are our children or you know our family yeah uh, we have to feed the meat so and without any reason like there are there are you know facts and and myths or fiction and we are we are here in Shivega. we made you know uh, uh, created uh, that company Shivega to educate people to tell them it is possible. Yeah, absolutely. And we don't need to do this. What's happening? You know. And what about the exactly? And what about the point about Anna says the digestive tract is not mm -hmm. suited? So just to yeah, reiterate, digestive tract is shorter, but as I said before. Um, what is the there is no problem of dogs eating plants uh plant food so grains um different you know like different plants um the only uh, and and they can digest they have they can digest uh, 100% like a, a digestible carbohydrate like a properly prepared white rice if you know how to properly prepare it uh, and cook it and uh, th that is the best like when we have in veterinary practice we have a uh, dogs that have um, acute diarrhea and they have to eat something you know um, we send them home we say give white rice cooked white rice uh, so far uh, vets would say give chicken but uh, in research we show we saw that Meat is big no in if if there is any uh, you know digestive problems like vomiting diarrhea, so leave meat uh, away, take it away from the from your pet, 
and give tofu. And tofu has uh, uh, such amazing properties to, to uh, help recovering, help regenerating uh, mucosal cells. So that's the, the best food, you know. So no, there is nothing wrong with it, but it's beneficial in fact. Um, and only problem, potential problem in some diets, you know, uh, is uh, a high amount of fiber that dogs still cannot, um, they're not able to ferment undigestible fiber in the large intestine. So we have to really professionally do the plant uh, food. So we don't exceed that uh, undigested fiber, give a little bit. Although we know that uh, that fiber is good for diabetic dogs, so we can use it. Um, and uh, so, so much uh, benefits of fermentable fiber for dogs and for humans. We know that it's very similar with, with um, our and dog's nutrition and effects of the food to, to our intestines. For example, uh, dogs, um, they develop uh, hepatic uh, glucokinase uh, enzyme so they can metabolize large amounts of uh, simple carbohydrates it's all all in a research you know that i'm not so, you know imagining which i think so, people yeah, yeah exactly melina people are worried about carbohydrates in plants yes. and they're worried that if a dog has a short digestive tract they won't be able to uh, sort of absorb that it's opposite mm -hmm. totally opposite mm -hmm. because uh, dogs that have damaged tract even then then we say stop the meat, give a digestible carbohydrate like white rice. A bit less um, digestible is pumpkin and uh, potato. But uh, so that is, that, that's completely, we don't give them meat, uh, you know. So even like with the healthy dogs, uh, giving carbohydrates because they're used to it thousands of years. They have enzymes, they can digest, they benefit from that and they get energy immediately. Yeah. And on contrary, you know, I will tell you, like, uh, you know, that uh, lots of people, they say raw diet, yeah. that is the biologically appropriate, you know, uh, that is the, the biggest reason. And it is during my long, uh, long, um, you know, like work, um, many, like 30 plus years work as a veterinary um, surgeon and uh, in small animal uh, medicine. Uh, th this is the number one reason why dogs uh, develop actually intestinal inflammation. Why did they get uh, pathogenic bacteria that are toxin producing? And uh, uh, th that's also zoonotic, which means that is risk for immune compromised humans for elderly and for really young children. And you know, so there, there is totally like, a, you know, contradiction, contradictions. And you know, Melina, I remember when you told me and I was so surprised, um, you know, obviously mine's uh, sort of, you know, vegan uh, household, Bono's vegan, etc. And I, um, my, my joke to my friends is, um, I'm not allowing flesh in this place, you know, so that, you know, um, unless it's, you know, um, yeah. So, I mean, uh, what I find um, interesting is when you said that when people are feeding raw diets, there's actually human, there's a possible of sort of zoonotic uh, transmission to elderly people and to children. Yes. And yet there are yes. so many yes. people who've got kids in the same yeah. house that they're feeding raw food to. And, yeah. you know, the parents or whatever, elderly parents are coming to visit and people don't understand that. Yeah. 
like ruby for example salmonella yeah uh, clostridium uh, campylobacter yeah. they, they can be quite uh, serious you know uh, yeah pathogenic bacteria some of them like um, are not so dangerous sometimes but uh, they can be the one that are producing toxins and then like with the salmonella you know like uh, everybody knows about that bacteria it's it's completely yeah it can be passed to little children to yeah. even compromise them yeah so yeah. and, and people don't know this and another thing um you know this thing about you know uh, dogs um you know uh, i hear so often that you know they have trouble digesting discarding and processing a plant-based diet now i know you've spoken about it what about specifically uh, the gut and liver because Melina, as we talked you know when um mm -hmm. you know i'm doing my sort of uh, you know medicinal studies on sort of plant-based diet and we're working together in shivega um on that on sort of human and, and animal nutrition what about the role of the gut and the liver? I'd love you. I'd love to talk. You know, hear you yeah. talk, tell the audience about that. Yeah, that's good uh, because, um, as you mentioned, like you are going from your perspective, as um, uh, you are studying now nutrition for uh, humans, and you are uh, you are aware of that, like uh, what food is good and or not beneficial for some organs, and we see when we talk, we see um a, a, a parallel like connection yeah similarity yeah. like a, almost identical um you know situation yeah. with different foods yeah so um as i said like a highly digestible and correctly prepared plant food yeah. are the easiest to digest so mm. they're totally digested mm. And inflamed intestines will highly benefit from these digestible plant food ingredients. Then we have two organs, liver and kidneys. Mm -hmm. if, if, um, if you feed dog, and, and I'm sure it's also for people, you know, mm -hmm. same thing. Mm -hmm. yes. And you overload and overwork their liver and kidneys with yeah. the protein, yeah. with the meat protein, with yeah. the animal protein. Uh, you will harm these organs yeah. because they they have to get rid of uh, urea. Uh, urea is transformed into ammonia, and yeah. ammonia is the, the 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 worst toxin in a body that travels to brain. It's causing, like in veterinary practice, we notice it's causing the seizures, convulsions at uh, dogs. You know, older dogs they have the. Um, um, some changes in the brain, premature uh, aging, uh, you know, and uh, senility and anxieties, um, intestines, lots of German shepherds are really sensitive to intestinal problems. So they have ulcerative colitis, really common. And unfortunately, vets don't uh, tell them to stop me. There is no treatment for mm. that really painful disease. Mm. But um, the simple thing will be just, uh, you know, just don't give them the product, don't give them the food that will, um, that, that will make ammonia as the final product. Mm. And then you will heal the intestine, you know, you will stop the ulcers. And, and Melina, the pet food industries that are providing alternatives when animals are suffering from that, talk yes. about that, because that was yeah. an eye opener, yeah. So that's true because the pet food industry that are definitely supporting meat, mm. industry and meat yeah. uh, products because they have them. Yeah. 
uh, they uh, they are creating and, and anybody can check that veterinary uh, created diet by such companies so for kidneys for heart for liver um, maybe for for allergy as well hypoallergenic diets you can check it like some of those diets are almost vegan yeah. they might have some animal fat but they are avoiding animal proteins yeah. and not only because of the cost but because of the uh, harmful uh, you know effect of the animal protein in in the food you know yeah. especially if they want to protect certain organs or there is some health issue yeah. and that is the best you know the, the best proof you know like they yeah. they're not interested in veganism yeah and you know that's what's extraordinary is that when we hear oh you can't have plant-based diet hang on you've got specially yeah. vet formulated products that are actually vegan um, they're yes. not being sold off as that because obviously, like you say, the billion dollar, you know, marketing industry for the pet food industry, they'll never like it. And then, Melina, the parallels. So, you know, in, in human nutrition, uh, it's almost, you know, um, uh, it, you know, what's another word for atrocity or sin in the way are as humans, we should be having a whole food plant based diet. And yet we are being fed a whole load of nonsense around the amount of dairy. We don't need it. As a matter of fact, the dioxin, which we've discussed, Melina, the dioxin in you know, animal products, and you know, it's yeah. absolutely extraordinary. It's criminal. It's absolutely criminal. So when we talk you know, um, about you know, what the system and systemic issues, it's, it's just so wrong. And I think, you know, with my work as a senior lawyer, and I've come across systems so many times in terms of the law, it's because either... It, you know, it's a massive Goliath of a system. Nobody can be bothered to change it. Or there aren't enough people like you and I who are working on this issue because for us, it's been really hard work. We've, you know, we've between us, you know, we've been, been spending what, 14 to 18 hours for the last year, you know, developing our work on Shavega, at Shavega. It's, it's, it's absolutely extraordinary. So um, that's something to sort of highlight. So another question, Melina, Anna says that, uh, you know, back to the sort of mechanics, because I think this is really, really important. She says that dogs digest and metabolize the proteins in meat much quicker and effectively than we do. I'd, I'd love your response on that, please. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so, uh, in fact, you know, uh, the, the protein, if the protein is, or I would say rather than saying protein, I would say amino acids, because mm. the, this is what body needs and mm. different amino acids and yeah. all amino acids essential yeah. and um, uh, so uh, the, the the plant protein isolates uh, have great quality amino acids composition and the quantity similar to meat protein but uh, what I've uh, read in a research uh, it has been noticed it it has not been noticed any difference in protein digestion between the soybean meal and meat meal. And in fact, the research showed that ileal, so that's in, in a, one part of intestine, they checked that mm -hmm. digestibility of crude protein was higher wow. for diets containing soy yeah. compared for food containing poultry meal. Yeah, yeah. So you see? It's yeah. not, not really how people are. 
and, and, and it doesn't matter what the source of protein is. So this point we talked yeah. about sort of nutrients and ingredients, and people keep going, oh, the ingredients, we need meat. But what you're saying yeah. here as a senior vet, uh, you know, nutritionist is that it's really important what the source, um, you know, it, 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 it's the amino acids, um, yeah. you know, and they're better coming from plant-based products because the body absorbs them just as effectively. Um, so something really, really important for people to understand the difference between sort of ingredients and nutrients. And here's something yeah. else. So Anna says that, you know, the, the proteins dogs um, absorb from meat rather than plants are responsible for building and repairing the muscle and tissue. So I mean, reiterating, but just to uh, respond yeah. to that point. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think that um, there is a, a bit of misunderstanding mm. about, as you said, you know, mm. like what we uh, spoke uh, yeah. uh, between the nutrients and ingredients. Yeah. So. Yeah. I would really like people to understand that it's about nutrients. So yeah. if you feed dogs with nutrients, yeah. it doesn't matter really what ingredients, unless they would be allergic or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but um, it is about amino acids when it's up to protein yeah. as the building blocks of muscles, tissues, um, digestive enzymes, and much more. Yeah. And it is uh, embodied does not differentiate if uh -huh. amino acids are from the plant or from the meat. Yeah. It's important that they are essential, all essential are there yeah. to, to build the, the tissue. Yeah. And uh, I would say that um, uh, it, in like feeding daily meat, the yeah. everyday meat, you know, would be extremely harmful for dogs because they they always filled in with you know they they they're fed with the, with the toxin with ammonia yeah. um if the, if it's daily that, that doesn't happen in nature with yeah. any possible carnivore not even yeah. with lions you know because yeah. they can't uh, chase they, the meat every single day they don't get a <laughs> oh we're going to have you know and 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 and, and that's the fallacy again people think yes. oh but this is a wild diet that's absolutely mad yeah no. Yeah. No. Remember, Ruby, how uh, I think you read that um, those uh, even now in, in remote African um, areas, the hunters, they, they use only 70 percent. They use 70 percent of plant food yeah. and only the rest would be animal products. So, yeah, yeah. yeah it's so, not easy. It's and and not that's easy. survival. That's survival. Here we are. In survival. The, yeah. Yes. First world where we've got all we're sending people on the moon. Yeah. We're going out to Mars. We're sending, you know, and yet we're thinking, oh, well, we've got to feed, uh, you know, we've got to. Yeah, like easy. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So here's another. Uh, so just on that point about sort of, you know, um, uh, the meat required for the structure for mm -hmm. the skin, hair, nails, bones, joints, tendons, yeah. cartilage. Um, so, you know, she said meat contains essential ten amino acids that dogs need to thrive, which are either missing from plant source protein or are not biologically available. Is that true? Um as I said, like every diet yeah. that is made by humans is missing something. So there has to be supplemented with the yeah. vegan vegetarian diet, yeah. some amino acids, unless you're using uh, uh, the, the protein isolates. Yeah. Uh, you might need to supplement maybe methionine, um, lysine is there, arginine is there, uh, but possibly methionine and then for vegans is taurine carnitine that's very important 
um, B12 and some minerals and vitamins, that's true. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, I can say this also, like if you have healthy intestines and usually dogs that are on vegan diets, they have quite a healthy intest intestinal system. Wow. Uh, especially if you compare to dogs that are on, on daily meat diet. These dogs have start having inflamed it's very common yeah. and then if if you have if they have inflamed intestines they're losing taurine they're losing b12 they're losing many other minerals and vitamins yeah. so you know i would rather go for some um, um healthier diets that wouldn't yeah. inflame the intestine then then you know yeah. and what about cheap exactly and, and and two things one was melina i remember when we uh, i showed you the um sort of intestinal sort of ulcers uh, when you mentioned ulcer you know colitis it, you look at and it looks and you said oh my gosh that's exactly the same for animals it's exactly the same so yes. it, it's understanding that humans if we can thrive um certainly you know our pet dogs can now what about the non-essential tryptophan, which is the happy hormone uh, serotonin in the brain. What's yeah. that? Yeah. And can okay. you get it from yeah. plants? Trip yes, yes. You don't, you, don't need, you don't need to add tryptophan. No. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is there. Uh -huh. um, yeah, yeah. It, it is very interesting, like, yeah, like uh, the, the comparison between the, the human nutrition and the, and the dog nutrition and the effects. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's true. Yeah. And and uh, and the other point when uh, Melina, we talked about, you know, when I was trying to find treats for, um, you know, my uh, Mr. Bono and um, Anna talks about her, you know, uh, English toy terrier, Mr. Binks. And she said he's uh, chomping a meaty bone. And I remember the discussions we had because obviously when Bono went vegan, I couldn't bring in sort of bones, but we found really healthy alternatives. But you yes. showed me some pretty awful pictures, um, Melina, of what happens when um, you know, these dogs chew on uh, bones and from your veterinary uh, sort of experience as a surgeon. Um, I'd love the audience to hear about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's it's really cute how, you know, that Mr. Bonks, you know, uh, Binks, Binks, actually, yeah. uh, Mr. Binks <laughs> with, with some bone, like if you see it, like, it, it, uh, yeah, like it's uh, um, quite cute, but when you think a bit deeper, yeah. It's not, yeah. you know, there is something uh, behind it, uh, which, um, and it's not necessary really like any dog because I saw in reality um, in my veterinary practice, so many um, uh, teeth fractures. Mm -hmm. I had also dogs with the, um, the mandibular or the, the jaw fractures that oh. we had to put wires, you know, yeah. wire that. Uh, lots of dogs with uh, uh, perforated intestines or blocked intestines, uh, especially if they are eating those big bones, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, my advice would be for um, dear Mr. Binks uh, not to chomp, uh, not to do that um, anymore because... Yeah. Um, uh, because yes, uh, not every dog will have problem, but yeah. any dog can have problem with with uh, uh, biting on a big bones on on bones, and um, uh, and they they don't actually help with uh, cleaning teeth. Um, mm. It it doesn't because mm. I saw that. Um, 
and um, uh, what we recommended would be the just a bit of doggy toothpaste on a finger and rub it and and, and there's so many plant-based vegan chews i've got lovely little chews that one yes. loves and it sort of yes. cleans his teeth they're plant-based um yeah. and and one other thing which i should have said at the beginning was when anna mentioned this point about uh, and everybody knows this everybody you know this is what everyone you know when i said one is vegan they said oh but you know dogs digestive systems more acidic than ours um, and so we need meat. So your response. Okay. Yeah. So this is a, a little bit, uh, again, bigger topic, but mm -hmm. I'll, I'll go very shortly. Yes. Uh, yes. Dogs have a, a stronger gastric juice than us, more acidic, mm -hmm. uh, but small intestines are alkaline. Okay. So not the whole system is acidic. Stomach uh -huh. is highly uh -huh. acidic. Because when they ingest, uh, they ingest like in a, you know, in nature, they would ingest like different bacteria, parasites, this and that. Yeah. And that has to be broken and killed by, by strong acid. But then small intestines are alkaline. They're 7.5 to 8. 8 uh -huh. is the, um, quite alkaline. And they, this is needed for trypsinogen to turn uh, into the active form trypsin, uh -huh. which is enzyme to break down the proteins, which is happening yeah. uh, in the small intestines. On And the, the best is 8, which uh -huh. is alkaline pH. Um, what happens now, when it's raw? So how does that work, Melina, with regards to raw diets? Good time to sort of add in now. What happens? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, then then we have the colon with a large intestine about uh, just uh, uh, slightly acidic, which 6.57 is normal. Mm -hmm. We know that after ingesting raw, and yeah. that is Ruby, what you, uh, what you told me also with humans, when yeah. they have the barbecue meat and they oh. eat a lot, yeah. uh, you told me how that, that they they also they they end up with um, ulcerative colitis as well and problems with colon. Cancer, the same yeah. with the dogs. Yeah. The yeah. Same wow. with the dogs, uh, because what's happening in colon? In colon, there is um, the the you know the protein is going further. Yeah, it's not all uh, digested in small intestine. If it's a high quantity, it goes further into colon, mm -hmm. where urea is producing bacteria. They, uh, they produce toxic ammonia from the protein. So from that extra meat, you know, that's gone. Uh -huh. uh, ammonia is uh, pH is 11. Mm -hmm. So it's highly alkaline and it's making pH of large intestine even more alkaline. So, oh. uh, so then you see, it's not that dog system is actually acidic. It's, uh, if it's eating too much meat, it's more like going to alkaline, which is not good. Yeah. And then body has to, you know, to, uh, to prevent the acidosis in the, in the, uh, in the blood, because the, the meat protein that's absorbed in the blood is causing now acidic, potentially acidic blood and bodies. Uh, trying to, uh, to 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 buffer that or to normalize pH of the blood is um, uh, just slightly over seven, which is slightly alkaline for everyone, humans, mm -hmm. uh, dogs, cats, whichever. So in that case, um, it's pulling out the calcium. Calcium is a buffer yeah. from the bones oh, because. My from where, you know, the calcium is in the bones mm. to, to normalize that, to, to, you know, uh, the acidity. Another thing, we have the urine pH 
is uh, becoming acidic and uh, and and then the potential for oxalate formation what is oxalates for the audience o yeah oxalates these are the crystals or stones mm -hmm. that are formed in acidic urine which mm -hmm. is normally because um, those uh, uh, amino acids that are more in me they're more uh, making the blood and urine acidic so uh, oxalates are quite hard to to deal with them they have to be surgically removed oh, yeah so yeah yeah so and, and I suppose one of the things that Melina I've heard you in the past talk about is to actually get uh, pH papers uh, even if they're yes. on a, you know a plant-based diet and just yeah. what your pet's uh, urine uh, is composed of because it's really really important because if and I you know, you mentioned oxalates and you also mentioned struvites. So do you want to say yes. about struvites? Yeah. Struvites, they are better manageable. Mm -hmm. They can be dissolved with some um, uh, acidic, like for example, if we give um, acidifier, um, we can dissolve them. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, so they are, they are they're formed in alkaline urine. And okay. we know that... Um, uh, if diet is not like perfect with the plant-fed dogs, mm. yeah. they can uh, produce the, the alkaline urine. urine. Mm. Um, if it's good diet, if a diet is balanced, um, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, Melina, when we were talking about it, because, um, you know, people... Um, again, think, oh, it's just simple. I'll just give them what I eat. Uh, you know, most vegans, I must confess, <laughs> including myself at the beginning, don't know what we're eating. It's, you know, diet is a science because, you know, food should be treated as medicine, not what the, you know, billion dollar marketing industry tells you uh, to eat. And that's why you're getting unhealthy vegans now because they're eating so much processed uh, meat. But, you know, diet is a science, which means that, you know, since Bono's been on the Shvega diet plans and, you know, being getting advice from you, He's flourishing because it is an exact science. And similarly with myself, you know, I knew that, um, you know, B12, iron, et cetera, I needed it to be supplemented. Um, you know, I needed those supplements because I wasn't going to get it properly uh, from my, uh, you know, from my, from my human, human diet. So um, another question, uh, Melina, is about the immune system. Um, you know, of course, it's a number one, you know, defense against sort of toxins and disease. A little bit about meat and the immune system, the impact meat has on the immune system. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I will talk um, <clears throat> from the, my veterinary point. Yeah. Um, I, uh, it's the same, you know, you know also that 70% of immune system is in the guts and it's very yes. important what, you know, if guts pass antigen, they're systemically uh, transported to every organs yeah. and it's systemic disease, yeah. autoimmune and everything. Yeah. Uh, and um, it is true. We have to be very careful, like in a, uh, as veterinarians, uh, to not to give a food that is um, known as a strong antigen that will cause trigger immunity to overwork. And you know, you might be surprised now when I tell you the strongest antigen the dogs are normally um, allergic to 
it will be surprised. It is a meme, oh, and it and is that's, yeah. it is in a in a research. You yeah. know, it's shown in a practice, in research, in everything, yeah. and it is a bit bigger story. Why is meat now? You know, um, the, the the strongest antigen, especially yeah. beef. And in humans, Melina, in humans as well. So when we were talking Beef. last time, yes, exactly, dioxin, the carcinogens, etc. Yeah. yeah, it's extraordinary, isn't it? Yeah. And look at the parallels. It's extraordinary. Yeah. yeah, and not to talk about prions. We can have another podcast about prions, yeah. and I have also research about that. Yeah, so that's yeah. a little bit covered with that but yeah uh, more than 90 percent of dogs are allergic to beef that's like number one allergen and and they in the pet food industry won't even tell you yep. again the goliath system either it's so damn greedy toxic and corrupt yeah, yeah. or but people just can't be bothered or the research uh you know they're saying we want more science and research that's why we work very closely with andrew knight um, because, you know, he's really, um, you know, taking that research incredibly seriously, um, you know, uh, 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 as a vet. But, you know, one other thing uh, you said about, you know, the gut being compromised and it can cause ill health, like, you know, allergies and the autoimmune conditions, even cancer. Um, you know, you're so in dogs on a raw diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what we see. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. We see um, in a veterinary practice. Um, I don't know the percentage, but many dogs, most of the dogs that are on raw diet, they have occasional diarrhea. Yeah. They have soft, uh, soft stools. Then when we send to PCR to do tests, uh, they have uh, pathogens. They have pathogenic bacteria, toxin producing um, allergies, you know, and, and, you know, that can lead to, to further to more, more uh, serious uh, diseases. Yeah. And, and then yeah. to make this sort of balanced, what about proteins found in plants like unsprouted, uh, unsprouted and GMO grains, beans, legumes, and nuts? Can they cause in inflammation and damage to the stomach lining? They they can, but mm. that's why we are uh, you know that, that's why we uh, formed this company you know to to educate people. Yeah. It's really easy to actually prepare plants, any plants to be beneficial yeah the, the thing is that uh, plants can be harmful if they're not prepared properly for example uh, legumes uh, they they have anti-nutrients like beans legumes grains they have anti-nutrients but once you uh, uh, once you get rid of them you know how to to defeat those plants because that's their uh, clothes and teeth, you know, mm. those anti-nutrients, that's how they fight the animals. Yeah. Uh, once we uh, know the process of preparation, we, we take out that we have so rich, um, rich food ingredient, you know, that we can, cannot cause inflammation, will not cause inflammation, will not damage the uh, intestinal lining, stomach lining it's stomach is hard to be you know uh, damaged with uh, with these plants but intestinal lining no um i never had that never never saw that you know in my practice or read anywhere that uh, um that can happen but yeah it can happen if it's not prepared properly and we are teaching people how to do that 
and you know ruby you told also that uh, like uh, uh, some legumes like uh, chickpeas if they're not properly prepared oh yeah they're causing autoimmune disease so yeah, yeah. it's Absolutely. similar absolutely and so now uh, insecticides pesticides as well as natural compounds found in plant, pro uh, plant proteins um you know that that protect against parasites and uh, fungi can actually uh, distort a uh, dog's digestive uh, tract so uh, yeah. you know yeah so yeah that's true the insect insecticide and pesticides they they will go into plants but then you know, while we eat just a little bit of plants, yeah. uh, the cows and whoever is eating animals, you know, they're eating those um, uh, those plants. Uh, they accumulate in their in their tissues, yeah. and then it is concentrated because they eat huge amounts of that. They concentrate, and then uh, people who eat that or feed their dogs with, um, I I think that that is you know worst thing exactly and same again parallel studies uh research into sort of plant-based food for humans exactly the same thing so it's incredible how we've been comparing yeah, our sort exactly. of research. now one uh point which is really critical because bless anna you uh, anna mentioned amylase in our saliva um begins yeah. to digest carbohydrates and it's you know uh, practically non-existent in um uh, you yeah. know, in dogs, a little bit about that, because that's again, you know, well, yeah, you know, the newest research is saying different. They actually, they they discovered that uh, dogs produce amylase even in in saliva. So, so Anna, absolutely. So the research <laughs> actually says no, they have amylase. So, yes. <laughs> but it's very, very new, newest uh, research, exactly. maybe because she wrote this uh, when last year, yeah. this yeah. year. Yeah, so exactly it didn't that. come to the to the public. <laughs> exactly, yeah. and then of course amylase in their pancreas, um, you know, yeah. um, and the uh, the ability and the availability to cope with plant based food. So what about that? Yeah, uh, as I said before, you know that there's no problem at all with amylase for mm. dogs. You mm. know, mm. they they produce enough. Uh, they perfectly digest like hundred percent, hundred percent. Uh, white rice yeah properly prepared yeah. pumpkin and potatoes a little bit less maybe 90 90 percent yeah which is perfect like that can be better you know yeah yeah and and even as you said before like those uh, veterinary diets they yeah. are made of carbohydrates exactly because they are, they're beneficial not because they like veganism yeah. opposite well, that's why when I looked at the can and I was surprised by this leading sort of, you know, veterinary, yeah. Yeah. I thought this is ridiculous. It, there's nothing, you know, it's it's practically, you know, uh, vegan apart from, you know, whatever they put the uh, palatine to taste it or, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Melita, the other thing was about, uh, you know, I've heard this often, uh, you know, about organic meat. It's the answer mm -hmm. uh, with regards to the yeah. concern around antibiotics, uh, you know, to stop them traveling down the meat food chain. Um, yeah. Thoughts on organic uh meat. Uh, firstly, to tell people, uh, you know, I worked on farms uh, before and um, now why they're organic. If they are on the grass, uh, you know, firstly, they can't grow to 500 kilos or 1000 kilos just fed with grass. That's yeah. number one. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, if they are on the grass, they need uh, some antiparasitic. Yeah. There's no way they can, you know, if if 
you know that that would be such a risk a loss of money you know if if they get some parasites from you know eating grass they're not protected you know they're not in a in a in a uh, you know place the, you know they're, they're outside yeah so firstly i don't believe it's 100 organic like with the fruit as well yeah uh, organic uh, uh, cherries they must have a worm so organic meat is not like 100 organic so that's one thing uh, another thing even if they're if they say okay organic but it's um, they they eat environmental poison which is dioxin which really hepatotoxic toxic for liver cancerogenic and um, and also like what is done i would say about prions like with the with the cows which we will talk about that another time um but um, you know how the meat you know ruby when you see the meat packed and that's there how many days like maybe a week or yeah. expiry date can be whatever week or which I is don't know. exactly you imagine if you put flesh on a on a, on a plate yeah. even package it it's going to turn brown moldy green brown. and it's yes. fresh red um you know and i've got to say melina actually just even the you know visualizing you know going past a waitrose aisle in the uk with all this meat it feels like i'm going past a morgue you know, all these body parts of these poor animals, yeah. you know, it's just heartbreaking. Um, now, Anna said something about natural instinct. I've never heard of them because obviously they're meat, mm. so I'm not going to be interested. But she said it's sort of yeah. organic and it's pre-prepared into balanced, complete frozen meals. Mm. Um, is it possible? I mean, this is, again, the point that we, you know, uh, yeah. you discussed about uh, it can't know, be complete. Uh, uh, anybody can say it's complete and balanced. Yeah. For, yeah. It's not regulated, really. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but we can easily you know like uh, check it we can put um like a in our program and see what is inside what ingredients if they present if they're transparent and they present everything that might be changed that they are they have but if you know yeah. i suppose if, it, this is the role this yeah. is raw. Exactly. okay this is no diet which means yeah 70 percent of meat yeah yeah. How can any wolf, any yeah. wild cat, yeah. a kill to get 70% meat every day? Yeah. So this is totally not logical. Yeah. Then they have 10% yeah. of all, uh, this is a mistake, they have 10% uh, plants, vegetables, yeah. and 10% bone, must be yeah. 10% bone. Yeah. I can immediately say it's not balanced. Mm. As I said, it has huge phosphorus, huge methionine, huge protein level it doesn't have uh, antioxidants yeah uh, like vitamin e selenium yeah. iodine yeah um so it has all to be you know so given I, manganese uh, exactly and i think um Nina, we've done a good job of uh, you know we sort of listened to the podcast and we thought oh gosh um, we need to really sort of uh, respond to this and and you know um as a you know uh, melina's given all the science and the facts um, you know, as an experience, and this is really important because, you know, of course, we're very passionate and, uh, you know, we care about our animals and, um, you know, um, um, you know, with Shavega, we're really advocating a plant-based diet for humans and, uh, you know, absolutely um, easily, you know, from uh, Melina's, um, you know, expertise uh, for pets. And I think from an ethics perspective, I just find it sad that uh, I know, Anna, you very kindly advocated that, you know, humans should give up um, you know, meat to reduce their carbon uh, 
print. But, you know, I suppose one of the questions that I ask myself, and as Henry says, it's always a conversation. So it's, a, you know, it's a conversation. Forgive me, you're not here. It'll be lovely, uh, you know, for us to have this conversation, um, uh, you know, and with Melina and, and you know, and, and Henry, and certainly you should, uh, you know, reach out to um, uh, Dr. Knight. You know, the fact is that you, you, we love our pets. We, we care about them. We can see their different personalities, et cetera. Um, a cow, uh, Melina and I are going to be doing a podcast on a, on a cow, but cows are incredibly sentient. You know, my heritage is um, Indian. They're revered there because they cry when someone dies in their, you know, household. Um, you know, they, they care for their young. Uh, you know, they, it's incredible, um, you know, the thought of feeding something more sentient to your pet. And I suppose that's the ethic uh, question um, that I'd love to um get you know uh, plant-based people to really understand that if you're plant-based for a reason uh, for heaven's sakes do not uh, you know contradict by then uh, you know feeding your pet a, uh, a meat diet it just doesn't make sense um, you need to reduce the carbon and the paw print which is something again we advocate at Shavega and of course there's been so many studies including the University of Edinburgh where they've showed that the pet food industry is producing the equivalent of to a sixth of the carbon dioxide emissions of the global aviation industry and um, actually emit more greenhouse gases than countries in Africa, such as Mozambique and the Philippines. Um, so it's just, it seems, you know, from a human, you know, as, as being sort of highly intelligent and hopefully conscious human beings, it just seems incredibly daft for us to take that particular trajectory of saying we'll reduce our carbon print, but we'll feed our animals. Um, it, it, it's not right. Um, and also the amount of land that is used um, you know, to produce dry pet food, but more importantly, Emilia and I have discussed this, the, the, the standard of food, the byproducts that are given to the pet food um, um, industry and, uh, you know, the way it's prepared, it's criminal. And so we really, really wanted to create um, this uh, podcast for you to really understand. So, and, and also we're both, you know, as women and pioneers in our own field, um, we wanted to create something which was more holistic thinking, uh, wasn't just specifically from you know medicinal veterinary or legal it was um uh, you know uh, 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 you know a collaboration uh, and uh, you know it was it was providing more holistic um advice so melina what are we going to do next what's our next i say it's a podcast on the cow isn't it um yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah. i think uh, yeah they, they they really deserve to uh, to you know, lots of people uh, have um, made videos and on Facebook and everything. And and really, I feel, um, how can I say, as a vet, you know, like a, uh, it's my duty, you know, to, to talk about um, uh, those farm animals, yeah. how I, uh, I learned about them, what I learned about them. I've worked on a farm as well. Uh, and then... Um, you know, we, we should really talk about that, Ruby, you know. Absolutely. Next and podcast. Exactly. And as a lawyer, it's the whole ethics and integrity of the system because animals are still seen in the legal system as digits. Um, and, you know, if, they, if they're on a, uh, the Panama, uh, Panama uh, crisis where, you know, every, all the ships were stuck very recently, the extraordinary thing is that, you know, these digits are insured. So sometimes it's more cheaper just to, you know, uh, either let a ship burn with livestock in it and just get compensation for it or let the animals die despite having sort of, you know, uh, welfare law. So I'm not into welfare. Definitely as a lawyer, we're talking about um, an abolitionist approach, but we do it yeah. from a space of uh, compassion, education, um, advocacy and conversations. 
Thank you so much from both myself and Melina. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, would you like also just to um, answer on the on the last question because it's not question. Yay! <laughs>